0: friends. It is great to be with you. My name is Ethan Magnus. I am one of the pastors here and I am super glad uh, to be with you today as we're kicking off uh, a brand new series. It's called Torn Together. And I think uh, that God is going to use our time together to do some pretty important things. I, uh, I was hanging out this week. Uh, I was gone traveling with a kind of a Huddle thing of a uh, four or five other guys like me that are new to being senior ministers, and we were circling up with a guy who's been doing it a long time, just getting advice and stuff like that. And as we were leaving, um, kind of, we were all heading out the door to drive back to our churches where we all would be preaching uh, Friday afternoon. And uh, one of the guys in the group said, "Give him heaven this week," uh, which made me <laughs> chuckle. I liked that. And really, as I was driving back with that phrase, "Give him heaven." this week. Um, I'll be honest, that is what I think is going to happen in this series. Uh, maybe not for everybody, but I think for a lot of us, you're going to get a little taste of heaven in this series. We're going to talk about some really important stuff. Uh, there's going uh, to be some hope in this series that maybe you didn't know was out there. Uh, there's going to be some help in this series that maybe you didn't know God had for you there's going to be some truth there's going to be some possibility in this series that maybe you had lost sight of what we're going to do in this series torn together is we're going to look at God's word and we're going to discover that God wants to meet us in our burden God wants to meet us in our sin. God wants to meet us in our struggle. And God precisely wants to meet us together. Not off apart, hiding in shame, but together, bringing our tornness together. I do want to say, as they said in the video, um, we're going to talk about some hard stuff in this series. We're going to talk about addiction and pornography. We're going to talk about abuse. We're going to talk about mental illness. Uh, we're going to talk about racism. Uh, and I do want to say, although I think every the way we talk about this is going to be classy. I, I, we're not going to be, you know, purient. Uh, But we are going to be clear and frank, and so for those of you who bring kids to worship, I love that. I took my kids to worship when they were little too, but in this series, if you're not using our fantastic children's ministry, you might want to do that for this series. You can decide that. If you've got questions about that, you want to talk to me about it in advance, just reach out. I'm super available, Um, but I just want to let you know that. In this series, uh, we're going to consistently and systematically confront some of the lies that are very, very common in our world. Uh, Very, very common sometimes in the church. And it could be that these lies have become common in your own head. You might be hearing these lies in your life. Uh, Maybe you hear this lie sometimes. I am the only one as messed up as me. Nobody else is messed up like I am. Nobody else is struggling like I am. Nobody else is overwhelmed like I am. Maybe that's a lie you hear. That lie is common in the world. That everybody else has got it going on. This is why we've got our Instagram pages and our Twitter feeds and our Facebook accounts to make ourselves look so good. And you're sitting there looking at everybody else's perfect life. And maybe you're believing I'm the only one. Only my family is this messed up. Only my kids are struggling this bad. Only I feel like this incompetent a parent or this terrible uh, boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife. Well, that's a lie. The truth is that everybody is torn and everybody's worst burden is their worst burden or maybe maybe the lie that's gotten in your head is the opposite not i'm the only one who's torn but maybe the lie that's in your head is i think i'm doing okay i don't think i am torn i don't know what's wrong with y'all people but i'm just fine i love the way first john talks about that it's just he just stops he says if you say you are without sin you are a liar, the truth is not in you, and you are cut off from grace. That's heavy hitting. So we're in, in this series, we're just going to confront that. That's a lie. If you don't think you got junk, that's not true. You got junk. Here's the big lie we're going to confront, though. It's just this one. I know lots of people who believe this. Lots of people believe when I am torn... When I am messed up, I need to be ashamed, and I need to hide it until I've handled it. And then, only after it's dealt with, can I talk about it. You ever believe that lie? When I am torn, when I am burdened, when I am broken, I need to hide it until I can handle it. And only then can I talk about it. We believe this lie but God's Word does not believe this lie God's Word confronts this lie God's Word declares that your burdens you're the burden of your own sin the burden of your grief the burden of your suffering the burden of your trials and temptations your burdens were meant to be shared that's the whole argument of this series is that God means for us to be torn together. The world teaches us that when you are torn, you need to be apart. But the truth is that if you are torn apart, you will be torn apart. And God's Word says we are meant to be torn together. One of the simplest places we see this, uh, Romans twelve fifteen. Paul says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. We are meant to be torn together. James writes to the church, teaches the same principle. Is anybody sick? Well, don't hide it. Call the elders of the church to pray over them. Anoint them with the oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise them up. If they've sinned, they've, they'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. We've just got to recognize what that actually means, right? We, We turn that into some sort of super secret spiritual language. Confess your sins to one another. All James is saying is, tell people where you're broken. He's saying, talk about it. He's saying inside the church, among Christians, our sinfulness ought to be a topic of conversation. Not our theoretical sinfulness, not our hypothetical sinfulness, our actions. We should talk about it. That's what confess means. It's not some super spiritual word. Talk about it. Confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful. And effective. James is just teaching us this principle. It's all over Scripture. We are meant to be torn together. Your burdens are meant to be shared. My favorite text that teaches this principle is uh, from the book of Galatians. Uh, This is Paul writing to the church in Galatia, Galatians chapter 6. He writes this Brothers and sisters, If someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves. You may also be tempted. Carry each other's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Earlier in the letter, Paul has already reminded us that the law of Christ we actually just talked about it in our last series. The law of Christ is to love God and to love our neighbor. And Paul says, if you want to fulfill the law of Christ, if you want to obey the law of Christ, carry each other's burdens. He goes on. He says, now if anybody thinks there's something, when they're not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. What Paul is teaching us here in this text is that we were designed to carry one another's burdens. Now, he has a couple warnings here when we do this. Warning number one don't get tempted be protected from temptation right and so there there may be a burden somebody else has that you can't help them with because for you to help them with that would lead you into temptation somebody else got to help them that happens sometimes the second warning is not don't get tempted but don't get prideful while you're over there helping you them carry their burdens don't you get all prideful look at me i'm helping them with their burdens i'm amazing because he goes on to say remember you've got your own burdens That you can't figure out how to carry. But those two warnings, the don't get tempted and the don't get prideful, should not distract us from the fundamental truth that Scripture repeats over and over and over again. We were meant to share the burdens of others. We were meant to help bear the burden of other people's sins we get this wrong in our culture all the time don't we they messed up they ought to pay for it that's exactly not what God's word teaches we were meant to help bear the burdens of other people's sins and we were meant to help bear the burdens of their grief and their brokenness and their fear whatever whatever burdens weighs them down we were meant and the flip side is also true not only were you meant to help bear other people's burdens, your burdens were meant to be shared. I know some of you don't believe that this morning. Some of you are so convinced that your burdens are meant to be hidden, or your burdens are meant to be covered up, your burdens are meant to be swept under a rug or closed back in a closet so nobody notices. Some of you are so convinced that your burdens have got to be dealt with and paid for. And maybe then you'll tell your story. And you've seen the people up here give their testimony about how I used to sin, and I used to do this, and I used to do that, and now I'm better. And you're like, that's when I'll share my burden is when it is no longer my burden. But that is not what God's Word teaches. God's Word teaches that you were meant to share the burdens of others and that your burdens were meant to be shared. Now, the reason for this is because of a, of a tricky little truth about the nature of the world that you need to learn. And here's the truth, ready? It often happens that a burden that is heavy for me will be light when I share it. See, some of us, the reason we don't share our burdens is because we are so weighed down by them, the last thing we want to do is burden someone else. You see what I'm saying? Because the burden is so heavy for us, we wouldn't want to share it because we're convinced it would be heavy for them. But that's not true. That's not the way these kinds of burdens work. It turns out the way these burdens work... Well, here, wait. Before I explain it, I have an, I have an illustration. Um, is, is, I, I need a, a helper over here. Is anybody feeling like super strong today and could help me? Uh, you, you, right there. John, are you feeling strong today? All right. John's going to give me an illustration. Okay, great. Good. John, okay. So I have here, I have here a 2x4. Um, it's just a regular old 2x4. It's not even treated, so it's, you can see super light. So there's going to be no problem for you. Come on up on stage. John, I won't hit you with 2x4. Don't worry. All right, great. So, so John... I, what, what I want you to do is I want you to lift the whole weight of this 2x4, okay? Except that you see how I've marked the ends here? Yeah. You can only touch it at the very ends. So if you would just lift, I mean, it's super light. This is going to be no problem, super light. I want you to lift the weight of one 2x4, but just you know, pick whichever end and just you know, lift the whole thing. Yeah, go, just go ahead. Just pick it all, pick it all the way up. No, really. It's just, it's, no, no, let go. I, I said it, it's super light. See, it's just super light. Just go ahead and grab it down there. Pick up the whole thing. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, okay, here, here. You, you know, what, if, what if I told you that I, I can teach you in about 30 seconds how to lift the whole weight of a two-by-four only touching on the ends? You think I can do it? Sure. Okay, great. All right, here, here's what we're going to need. first thing we're going to need is we're going to need a second two-by-four. Okay. Now, you're going to lift the whole weight of a single 2x4. You're just going to touch it on the end. All right, you grab that end. I'll grab this one. All right, just lift. What do you think, folks? Give him a big hand. Look at that. You see that? Everybody believe he is carrying a whole 2x4 worth of weight. Everybody believe it, right? That's how it works. And he's only touching it there in the end. All right, give him a big hand. He can go have a seat. Way to go, John. Here's the thing. What is heavy for one? What is a burden that cannot be carried for one? It's light for two. Some of you are going through life, and you believe that you are supposed to carry the two by four all by yourself, and you're down there trying to figure out if I could grip it a little tighter, maybe I could if I could do something or get some special tool, you're like what is the trick the trick is this your burdens were meant to be shared that's the whole thing that's the whole trick that thing that grief that you cannot break free from and you sit at home and cannot re-enter society because you are so broken and you're like, as soon as I get over this, I'm going to get back at it. That grief was meant to be shared. Uh, your, your addiction, that you just are sure this is the last time, and then this is the last time, and then this is the last time, and you've got the willpower, and you're going to do it. That addiction was meant to be shared. Your, your sin That you just, it's a cycle, and you keep doing it, and you're hurting the people around you, but you're like, I know I can do it, and I'm going to name it and claim it in Jesus' name. That burden was meant to be shared. And you were like down there, I've seen other people carry two by fours all by themselves. I don't know what's wrong with me. Why can't I do it? And it's because all you have to hold on to is this little thing. And if you would just pick up your hand, a five-year-old could carry the other end. I mean, obviously, don't literally confess your burdens to a five-year-old as a metaphor. Okay, okay. But what I'm saying is a burden that you cannot carry. Wait, I'll give you an illustration. I had a friend in college, and um, we, were, uh, we, were kinda, we weren't kind great friends yet, but we were growing in friendship. Uh, he was uh, kind of just getting started in his walk of faith, and um, he played on the, on the rugby team. Uh, he's a decent rugby player, um, and, um, but what mostly what the rugby team did was drink. Uh, they played really short games, and then they drank all afternoon. And um, it, was, it was hurting his life. He was becoming a serious binge drinker. It was starting to affect his grades. Um, but he, could, he just couldn't handle the peer pressure. Uh, the, the, the parties were mandatory. He'd get kicked off the team if he didn't go to the parties. He didn't want to be kicked off the team. Uh, and he would say again and again, "I'm not going to drink, or I'm not going to drink too much. I'm just going to drink one, just, you know, just have one beer, and then I'm going to quit." But sure enough, he'd have to get dragged home by friends, night after night after night, and they'd play games like three or four games a week. So I mean, this was bad; it was becoming real bad. He came to me one day, finally embarrassed by this. He was in my small group, and he said, "Ethan, I do not know what to do. I have got to go to these parties, but I I cannot stop drinking." Adam, and I do stupid things, and I hurt somebody last time on accident. I've got, I don't know what to do. And so we talked for a while. I had a couple other friends on the rugby team that they managed to, you know, restrain themselves. They were doing better, so we talked for a while. I happened to know that rugby players were allowed to invite a guest to the party. They usually invited a date, but the rules didn't say it had to be a date. And finally, I just said, I don't even know where I said it. I said, well, you could bring me. You won't get drunk then. (laughs) He says, well, what do you mean? I said, well, two beers in. I'll just start knocking drinks out of your hand. And so he did. And we went. I didn't have a great time. They weren't exactly my crowd, but I had a decent time. And two beers in. I just started knocking drinks out of his hand. I said, remember you said you weren't drinking. I mean, you're bigger than me. I mean, if you want to take me out, you can, but that's what's going to have to be because that's the only reason I came to this stupid party. Around 11.30, we went home. We were both sober. He got up the next day. He was fine. Two or three weeks later, he'd found a couple other guys in the rugby team that also wanted to get control of their drinking, so they just formed a little pact. They were going to keep going to the parties, but they were going to go together. And here's the thing they discovered. Each of them individually couldn't stop drinking because they wanted to get drunk. But they didn't care about the other person's drinking. So they were happy to knock a drink out of the other guy's hands. So that's what they did. They went to parties, starting about 9 o'clock. They saw any of the other guys with a drink in their hands, they tackled them. They were rugby players, that was normal. And they all made it. The burden you can't bear is light in some, that's what I'm trying to convince you. I don't just mean that it's half as much. See, the thing is, you don't understand. I, I don't think anybody, I bet we could, we, could, we could spend all day like a sword and stone, have people come trying to pick up a two by four, just hold on to this. Nobody here could do it. Everybody here could do what John and I did when we carried two. It's not that a heavy burden is half as heavy when you share it. It's that it's not heavy at all. I mean, this is just true about all kinds of things. Uh, I remember one time, this was on me, I had, I had done something wrong to somebody, I would kind of insulted them in public, and I was ashamed of it, and I was embarrassed of it, and I'd really hurt their feelings, and I needed to tell them sorry. But I was just so chicken about it. And the fear of having to apologize to them was just over, I don't even know why, why but I just was so overcome by this. And, and, and time was stretching out, and their feelings were continuing to be hurt, and the wound was growing deeper because I hadn't apologized, and the longer I didn't apologize, the more I thought they thought I meant the mean things that I had said. A friend finally confronted me and said, Ethan, you know you were mean to them in front of everybody. Why haven't you said you're sorry in front of everybody? You've got to make this right. And I said, I'm just so afraid. I'm just so embarrassed. I just... I don't want to I just I just can't I don't have the guts to do it And he said what well, of course is obvious to me now. He said well, i'm not afraid I was like, well, of course you're not afraid. You're not the one who has to apologize, you know what? But he was teaching me this principle, you see the burden I could not face My embarrassment at having to come clean and apologize. That was a burden. I just could not carry I was just trying and I was just so stuck under the weight of this burden And he was like, well, it's light for me. It's no big deal at all for me. How about just the next time the three of us are in the same room? I'm just going to blurt out. Ethan's got something he wants to say to you. You'll have to do it then, won't you? And at first I was more ashamed. And then my next words out of my mouth were, oh, would you please? Because I'm afraid I'll chicken out again. I've chickened out so many times. Would you please make it impossible for me? Here's the thing. The burden, and I don't know what your burden is, the burden that is too heavy for you to carry will be light when you share it. Okay? This is the principle on which our uh, safe families ministry works. Um, We may have, uh, you've heard us talk about this safe families ministry. Uh, it's, It's a ministry designed to meet families when there's a burden that's too heavy for them to share, to carry, but that's light when it's shared. Uh, And it it is living out this biblical principle like crazy right now. I got a quick little video I want you to see, to see how that's working.
1: I have always had a heart for um, either foster parenting or adoption. But life has just felt really crazy and hectic, and I haven't really known how to weave all that together. And so when I heard about short-term placement um, within the church family, my husband nudged me, and we just felt like this could be our thing. Um, it was after I got done with work one day and I got a text message asking if there was any host families that might consider placing um, a seventeen year old mom with her one year old baby. I just knew when that message came through that um, that was something that just spoke to my heart, and it was something that I really wanted to be a part of. The very next day that she came to stay with us, her papa was sitting on my couch sipping coffee at 6.30 in the morning, and my husband was sitting there chatting with him, and I just had that moment of feeling like this is what it's supposed to be about, like these are people that my life would not have intersected with otherwise.
2: It was just this perfect kind of meshing of families. I've always lived with my Mimi and my Papaw and when I was 16 my Mimi passed away from cancer which led my Papaw to be in a really bad spot and homeless. My sister then got custody of me and I became pregnant. Then I started staying with my aunt and that didn't work out either so I was placed with my cousin and she decided she no longer could take care of me and my daughter which led me to DCS. They told me my options were either staying with my Papaw or doing something like foster care or safe families. I couldn't stay with my papa because he only had a one bedroom apartment and I wouldn't work with three people in the house. Foster care, I would end up getting separated from my daughter and I wouldn't be able to see her. Adrea is my one year old daughter. Adrea is the reason I chose safe families. My mom was never there for me, so I want to be there for Adrea. I want her to have that mother figure in her life. I don't want her to ever wonder why her mother wasn't there for her. My host family is Megan and Kyle, and I'm so thankful for them letting me and Andrea stay in their house. They help watch her while I'm at school. They help buy her diapers and they help feed her. They help making sure we have everything we need and even more. My life is different now because me and my daughter are no longer around the drugs and violence we are used to being around. I no longer have to worry about when the next time is I'm gonna eat or if someone's gonna break into the house or if there's gonna be another fight. If I wasn't in Safe Families, I'd probably be irresponsible running the streets, hanging out with the wrong crowds, and not being able to take care of my daughter. I'm going to be 18 in November, and I'm trying to complete my degree and budget my money to save up for a car and an apartment. Safe Families has allowed me to do that, because I have a home that I could feel safe in. I want to be able to provide for Adre and show her that I can finish high school and go into a college. I want to be a registered nurse after I graduate high school and continue my life from there. Without Safe Families, I'm not sure that would be
3: possible. Providing for a family is not always easy. And it's even more difficult whenever you're looking for a job because you're unemployed or you're looking for housing because you're close to possibly being homeless. With Safe Families, we're able to provide care for those children so that the mother or the father both can go out and they can make their life better for themselves and for their children while not having to worry about possibly having to send their children into foster care. The end goal for Safe Families is always to provide a safe and loving home for children whenever they could be victims of neglect. Regardless of the capacity that you choose to serve with Safe Families, whether that be being a host family or simply praying for the children that we're hosting that week, know that you are serving for the greater purpose of that family coming Together, better than they were before.
1: My family looks different today than it did a few months ago, and our family's quirky, and we don't have it together as parents. We're constantly, our kids are in time and they're, um, we're working on our own behavior issues. And I used to think that those were somewhat disqualifying things for me, um, because. We haven't arrived anywhere in my mind as a as a family, but we're learning to just muddle through all of this together. And I think it's OK that she sees a struggle um, and that we're not perfect. Um, but we have the gift of time with each other right now. We're just kind of all trying to love each other the best that we can.
0: Praise God. What I love about Safe Families is it acknowledges that there are a whole lot of people in our city who are trying to carry a burden from one end of the board and they just can just not quite lift it. And then the church says, oh, those burdens, well, those burdens were meant to be shared. That's the truth of God's Word. Though You were never meant... The reason you can't carry that burden on your own is you were never meant to carry that burden on your own. Those burdens were meant to be shared. Let me just carry my end of the board just for a little bit. You're going to see how easy it is when I'm carrying my end. That's what's happening. I will just say on this say Families, which I love. It's this amazing ministry. Uh, the, the whole thing with this is Short-term investments that are making permanent differences in the trajectory of these families We've got tons of stories of people. We put the one on video. but We've got so many more uh, We do need more people to serve this. Um, I was talking with the director. There. She's a member of the church here um, You know, I said, you know, kind of what where are we? Do we have enough host families? Uh, and she said no last month I had to say no 17 times, and most of the times I had to say no, it led to a family getting ripped apart because we couldn't rescue it fast enough. Uh, So there's a great need here. We need to raise it. I will let you know. Just a little plug here. Uh, If you want to jump in and help support safe families, they need hosts, but they also need prayer support. They need people to just do babysitting. Sometimes it's as simple as they can't afford a babysitter to get the first job, so they can make a down payment. You know what I mean? They just can't get the cycle of productivity started. They just need that. Sometimes it's just a babysitter they need. Three hours. Some of these hosts. So it's really your ability to do a short-term investment to make a huge difference is huge. There is a big training for this next week that we're hosting here at the church Um, and if you go down to the atrium or maybe in the lobby or somewhere you'll find people you can register for this we'd love for you to get jumped in on this but mainly, I'm telling the story because it's such a perfect illustration it's such a fundamental illustration of the way God designed the church to work we were meant to bear other people's burdens And we were meant for other people to bear ours. And the truth of the matter is, it's not like once you've got all of your burdens taken care of, then you can bear somebody else's. Or once they've got all their burdens taken care of, then they can help you with some of yours. No, because of the principle, remember, a shared burden is a light burden. In fact, you can have two people very, very burdened who if they just share their burdens with each other, both the burdens... Would get lighter. Everyone is torn, but you do not have to be torn apart. Because when you are torn apart, you will be torn apart. But when you are torn together, that is when the gospel heals us. This is one of the marks of the church. This is how you know the church is the church, that we bring our burdens and share them. We bear one another's burdens, and we invite people to bear our burdens. The lie of shame is that because I am torn, I need to hide my tornness and put on a false front and pretend like everything's fine. And what we know is our church is filled with marriages that are torn and pretending they're fine, and parents that are torn and pretending they're fine, and friendships that are torn but pretending they're fine. And the lie of shame is that I need to hide my tornness. But we need to recognize, we need to declare that the lie of shame is in direct opposition to the grace of God. You hear that? The lie of shame is in direct opposition to the grace of God. For the grace of God is found when we are torn together. A little bit of homework here before I pray for us. First thing I would just challenge you is this. The communities you're a part of, your Sunday school classes, your small groups, your knitting circles, your service teams, I would just challenge you. Are they communities where shame is present or where sharing is present? Because it's only those two options. If nobody in your small group or your Sunday school class is sharing their sin and sharing their brokenness, it's not because you happen to be in the one Sunday school class where nobody sins, okay? Like if if nobody's confessed a sin in your Sunday school class in six months, it's not because you're in the only Sunday school class in the county where nobody sins. It's because they're ashamed. And shame is an opposition to the gospel. James says, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another. For prayer is powerful. I would just, I want to challenge you. Are you developing communities of shame or communities of sharing? Which is, in your communities, which is an easier way to build a relationship? To tell people a story of what's working? Let me tell you about my vacation. Tell you about my new truck. Or is it easier to build a relationship to tell a story of what's broken? Let me tell you about my relationship. Let me tell you about not being able to afford a new truck. We want to build communities where our relationships are built out of transparency and honesty. One of my favorite things about First Christian Church is we are a church where we can be torn together, where we know everybody's torn. We know everybody's got a burden. We know everybody's got a story. And we're ready to share our weaknesses as much as our strengths couple plugs here, if you need a place where you know you can take your, if you're worried, and I, you're like, Ethan, I, I, need, I need a place where you can promise me I can show up broken, and they'll take care of me. I want you to tell you about our recovery groups on Wednesday nights, okay? These places are amazing. We're going to talk more about them as the series goes on. You show up Wednesday nights, you go to one of these recovery groups, you just say, I'm broken, and they'll say, yeah, us too, you're going to be Okay? and they'll help you. We got miracles happening in our Wednesday night recovery program every week. It's an amazing place. We've got a we've got a group we're actually launching just for this series. It's actually the group's called Torn Together. They're going to meet on Sunday nights at 6:30 and they're going to meet just to be a place where we can be torn together. So maybe you want to come back for that and just discover that you can you can You can be honest. I know some of us were like, like, listen, I can't tell the truth until I figure out some way to pick it up on my own. No. Just show up and say, I got one end of the stick. Would somebody please pick up the other end? Because I cannot carry this burden on my own. That is the way the church was designed to function. Next week, we're going to talk specifically about how the church is meant to be a place where we bear the burden of addiction with one another. We'll talk some about pornography. You probably know somebody who needs to know that there's a safe place for them to bring their burden, and they can find somebody else to pick up the other end. So will not you invite them back? Right now, I'm going to just wrap this up with a simple prayer. Gracious God, confront the lies in our heart. Teach us Remind us again, if you must, that everyone is torn. Teach us. Remind us again, if you must, that the burdens we are carrying, we were never meant to carry alone. The reason they seem too heavy for us, seem impossible to lift, is we weren't designed to carry them by ourselves. God, I pray specifically, maybe for this week, maybe even today, in our Sunday school classes and small groups, that you would give somebody the boldness to admit where they're struggling, to share where they're weak, so that we could prove the power of the gospel is alive in this church, and we could help one another bear our burdens. Because what is heavy to one is light, light, in the hands of many. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ who has come to carry all the burdens that so weigh us down. Amen.